It's my pleasure to welcome you once more to his247.com as I share with you our latest message at San Philip United Methodist Church, which is located in San Philip, Texas, about 26 miles from Katy, out I-10, and uh, between Brookshire and Seeley, Texas. And as uh, we gather today, this is Trinity Sunday, and our scripture reading is going to be the Great Commission. But before we hear the scripture, let's just take a time to pray. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, as we bow before you at this time, we're just heartbroken and concerned about the unfortunate circumstances going on in the world today. Lord, we ask that you lift our spirits and give us your peace that surpasses all understanding. We pray, O oh God, that you would give us wisdom to relate to those that we come across and that we might be bright lights to them in this dark time. Please keep us covered under the blood of Jesus and deliver us from the evil one. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, our scripture reading today is going to be from Matthew, the 28th chapter, the 16th through the 20th verses. But I have something I want to share with you before we actually read the scripture. Because you see, I just think it's so important and so appropriate that it was Matthew, the Holy Spirit, chose to relate to us the great commission of our Lord. Since it's all about making sure that everyone in the world has a chance to hear our Lord's invitation to be a part of his kingdom. You see, Matthew was an outcast of society. He was a tax collector, and uh, he was looked on as a traitor of his people, and they looked on him as beyond God's redemption. And yet, as he's sitting there at his tax collecting table one day, Jesus walks right up to him and says, Matthew, follow me. And the Bible says that Matthew arose and followed Jesus. Now, immediately after that, we see in the Bible that Matthew was so happy that he, his sins had been forgiven and uh, that he had been brought into the kingdom of God by Jesus that he threw a party. And he invited his friends to rejoice with him. And Jesus was his guest of honor. Well, guess who Matthew's friends were? Tax collectors and sinners. People that all the scribes and Pharisees considered scum and unclean and instructed all the good religious people to have nothing to do with them people that good, righteous, religious people shouldn't associate with, let alone eat with. And yet, here is Jesus right there in Matthew's home, eating and drinking and having a great time with all these tax collectors and sinners. And the scribes and the Pharisees were outside and they were incensed, and they were grumbling about this. And Jesus heard them, 
And then in response to their snooty, grumbling, and judging, he very pointedly told three stories about the lost being reclaimed. The stories of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. And in his stories, Jesus called out the religious leaders for alienating people from God instead of doing what they could to reach them with God's forgiveness and love. Now, how grateful Matthew must have been that day that Jesus deemed him and his friends eligible for God's forgiveness and for God's love and that he stood up for them and chided the scribes and the Pharisees for not reaching out to them. You see, if there ever was a lost coin, it was Matthew and Jesus found him. If there was ever a lost sheep, it was Matthew and Jesus had gone looking for him. If there was ever a lost son, it was Matthew and Jesus welcomed him home. So with that background, listen now to these words of Jesus recorded faithfully by his servant Matthew. And as you do, may the Holy Spirit uh, help you to hear them with ears that hear clearly and may they reach directly into our hearts. If you have your Bible, I invite you to turn to Matthew 28, 16, as I begin. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. That is, brothers and sisters in Christ, the Great Commission. And there are three parts to this Great Commission, and each one is breathtaking if you allow yourself a few quiet minutes to meditate on it. There's a powerful claim. There is a great command And then there is a fantastic promise. I want to go over those with you now. First of all, in verse 18, we see Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now Jesus makes it clear that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. He has died for sin to triumph over guilt and condemnation. He has been raised from the dead to triumph over suffering and death. 
and in triumphing over guilt and condemnation and over suffering and death, he has also triumphed over Satan, who can only destroy us with the guilt of sin and, and, and torment us with suffering and death. And because Jesus has triumphed so mightily over guilt and condemnation and suffering and death and Satan, it says in Scripture that God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Yes, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. All authority. Have you ever thought about that? He has authority over Satan and all demons, over all angels, good and evil, over the, over the natural universe, natural objects and laws and forces, stars, galaxies, planets, meteorites, he has authority over all weather systems, even that one sitting out in the Gulf right now. All winds, rains, lightning, thunder, hurricanes, tornadoes, monsoons, typhoons, cyclones. He has authority over all their effects, tidal waves, floods, fires, tsunamis, authority over all molecular and the molecular and atomic reality. Atoms, electrons, protons, neutrons, undiscovered subatomic particles, quantum physics, genetic structures, DNA, chromosomes. He has all authority over all plants and animals, great and small, whales and redwoods, giant squid and giant oaks, all fish, all wild beasts, all invisible animals and planets, bacteria, viruses, parasites, germs, authority over all the parts and functions of the human body, every beat of the heart, every breath of the diaphragm, every electrical jump across a million synapses of our brains. He has all authority over all nations and governments, congresses and legislatures and presidents and kings and premiers and courts. He has authority over all armies and weapons and bombs and terrorists. He has authority over all industry and business and finance and currency. He has all authority over all entertainment and amusement and leisure and media. He has authority over all education and research and science and discovery. He has authority over all crime and violence, over all families and neighborhoods, authority over the church and over every soul, every moment of every life that has been or ever will be lived. There is nothing in heaven or on earth over which Jesus does not have authority. That is, does not have the right and the power to do with as he pleases. Both the right and the power. 
the scope and the magnitude of the authority of Jesus is infinite because Jesus is one with God the Father. The Father has given him all authority, not because the Father can give up being God, but because Jesus is God. And when deity shares infinite authority with deity, he neither loses nor gains anything, but remains infinitely full and triumphant and all-sufficient. This is the claim of our Lord. Our Lord Jesus Christ has all authority in heaven and on earth because our Lord Jesus is God. Now let's skip to verse 19 for a moment and uh, go to verse 20. And there Jesus says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now this is a loving, comforting promise. First, there was the claim, and now here is the promise. I will be with you to the end of the age. Now I want to call your attention to three things about this promise. There is identification, there's continuation, and there is duration. First, identification. Look who is making this promise. It is the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. And I plead with God at this time that he would open your eyes to what this means for you. This Jesus with all authority over every enemy and every disease and every calamity and every futility promises to be with you. He says, I will work everything together for their good in Romans 8.28. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness, he says in Isaiah 41.10. Because of this, we can face the worst threats and say along with the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy 4, everyone deserted me. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength. Who speaks this to us? The one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. Now then, there's the continuation. You see, there's the identification. And then, following their, the identification, then we see that there is continuation and then there's duration. There's continuation in the loving comfort. Lo, I will be with you always, literally, all the days. By continuation, I mean without break. The all-powerful, all-ruling Jesus does not take breaks from his promise of always being with you. There may be, have been times when you thought that he wasn't with you. I know there have been times whenever I thought he wasn't with me. And then right in the middle of those times, he's let me know he's been right there with me all the time. In Hebrews 13, 5, we read, Be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never fail you and never forsake you. Though he giveth or he taketh, the hymn goes, 
God his children ne'er forsaketh. He, or his, the loving purpose solely to, pre to preserve them pure and holy. Now that's from the hymn, Children of the Heavenly Father. Then there is the duration of the promise, namely to the end of the age. Lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. Not only is there no break in the continuation, there is no end to the duration in this world. As long as the world lasts, Jesus will be with us in this world. This is the loving, comforting promise. The one who has put all his enemies under his feet and has died for us and risen for us and triumphed over sin and guilt and condemnation and suffering and death and Satan and who has all authority in heaven and on earth. This one comforts us by promising that he will be with us continually to the end of the age to do us good and to bring us safely to everlasting joy. Finally, I want to talk to you about verse 19 and the Lord's last command to us. I take them in this order, claim, loving, comforting promise, and last command, because the last command is built on the claim and the promise. Since all authority belongs to Jesus, and since he will be with us always to the end of the age, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. That is Jesus' last command. There is not a culture or an ethnic group, or a society, or a religion, or a language where Jesus does not have the right to be worshipped as Lord. He has authority to be King and Lord and Savior everywhere to everyone. This is the reason he commands us to make disciples in all the people of the world. The authority and supremacy of Jesus over every other religion and culture and society, over all gods, is ba the basis of evangelism and world missions. Jesus Christ, the living, all-authoritative Lord of the universe, has commanded us, he's commanded you, he's commanded me, to call every nation, every people, and every religion, yes, Muslim, Buddhist, Hindu, animist, atheist, anything you can think of, to repent and believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and the inheritance of eternal life with the one true God. Jesus commanded us, and he still commands us today to go and make disciples among every people, be they in San Philip, Texas, or Caracas, Venezuela, or in Moscow, or Tibet, or Hanoi, or Bangladesh, or Mexico City. Christianity is an evangelizing 
missionary faith. We aim to make disciples in every group and build up the church among every people. We don't spread our faith by war or by violence, but by the proclamation of great news and persuasion and by the demonstration of love. Jesus said in John 18, 36, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. And Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, 4, The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. You see, they're spiritual weapons. We make disciples with truth and prayer and love and sacrifice, not with swords or bullets or bombs. In Luke 10, 3, Jesus said, Go, I send you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. And so, there you have the word of God from the mouth of Jesus, the claim All authority is given to me. The loving, comforting promise, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And the command, go make disciples among all the people of the world. Now what's clear from these final words from Jesus is that he is trying to move us to act. He not only says, go make disciples, he also gives us a warrant for doing it so that we can know it is a legitimate and a right thing to do. All authority in heaven and on earth is his. And he gives us tremendous encouragement and comfort and strength to go with the promise that he would go with us and never leave us. Jesus ended his earthly life with these words because he wanted us to respond. He was motivating us to act. And now is the time for you to respond. The first step is to really believe that all authority, all power, All right over everyone and everything belongs to Jesus, not to Buddha, not to Vishnu, not to uh, uh, anyone else. It belongs to Jesus. Now, that's what it means to believe in Jesus. Not just that he died for your sins, but that he truly is Lord. He is Lord. No knee will ever escape bowing before him, and no tongue will escape declaring that he is Lord of all. Second step, make sure that you have acknowledged his supreme authority over every area of your life and given your allegiance to him. If you haven't or are not sure, there's no better time to do so or to be sure than right now. Repent of your sin and give your life to him right now. Because you see, it is then that you will experience the presence of his Holy Spirit. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. As you yield to him, he will, and as you love him, 
not just his idea or not an idea about him or not just his cause, when you realize who he is and you love him for who he is and you surrender to him, he sends his Holy Spirit to be in you and with you forever, fulfilling the promise, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Third step, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Everyone needs to have a chance to receive it. Every rioter, every atheist, every atheist, every Muslim, every Hindu, every animist, every conservative, every liberal, every straight person, every person of any other lifestyle, for one day, we will all stand before the one true Lord. And we do not want a one, ourselves included, to hear him say, Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. He doesn't want them or you to hear that either. Instead, he wants as many as possible to hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. If he's your master, you know this message is true and that he wants you to tell those around you about him. If he's not your master, there's no better time than right now to enter into his service. Will you do it today? Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you that you didn't give us a suggestion. You have given us a command. And it may be that none of us have heard this command completely before. But we pray that if we have not, that we would hear it today. And that we would realize that uh, we have to serve you. And we have to share you with those around us. Forgive us, O oh Lord. If we have kept our light hidden under a bushel, help us, Lord, to shine before people. In this darkness that's all around us right now with the COVID virus and with the riots and all the things going on, now is the time that you want us to let our light shine and to not be ashamed of the gospel, but instead to let people know that you love them and you want them in their kingdom. Just like Matthew, who is the lost coin and the lost sheep and the lost son, there are those all around us that are just looking and hoping to be found. Help us, Lord, to be those who convey your good grace and your love to them. And Lord, if there's anyone, is there anyone listening today that has not received you into their hearts, I just uh, pray that, that they would just open their hearts right now and pray, Lord, I give myself to you. I repent of my sin, and I ask you to come into my life. I want to be yours from now on. And Lord, if they prayed that prayer, I pray that you will honor your word 
to love them and come and indwell them with the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.